Well, hello there, and welcome to today's episode of Seven Figure Millennials, where together you and I are on a mission to prioritize our happiness, health, and relationships as we make our entrepreneurial dreams a reality. If this is your very first episode and you are just exploring for the very first time, so great to meet you, so excited to have you here. And if you're returning, you know how much I appreciate you for coming back every single week. And today's guest is... Well, actually, we don't have another guest because today is a solo episode. And just like I did for Mother's Day, I wanted to take the time to give a massive shout out to my dad and how grateful I am for him and how much I love him. And at the same time, to provide you with some useful content that's made a huge impact on my life. So this past week when this was released was uh, Father's Day. So in this episode, I'm gonna dive deep and share my top seven favorite lessons that I've learned from my dad, along with an actionable takeaway that you can apply in your life, banking on my dad's incredible wisdom. So we'll cue up the theme song and then we'll come right back with the top seven lessons that I've learned from my dad. If you had to pick between A, making a ton of money, B, being happy, healthy, and surrounded with people you love, or C, making a meaningful impact on the world, which would you choose? The good news is that today we don't have to choose. So the question is, how can entrepreneurs like you and me, who have a vision for our lives and aren't willing to settle for anything less, how can we become financially successful and have a big impact while prioritizing our happiness, health, and relationships? You and I are on a mission to find out and we have an incredible journey ahead of us. My name is Brandon Fong and welcome to the 7 Bigger Millennials Podcast. All right, here we go. Lesson number one, solve problems by deconstructing your available resources. It sounds kind of complicated and crazy, but I want to share with you where this came from. So one of the things that I loved so much about my dad growing up is that he always came up with the coolest toys for us to play with. And he was very creative about how he came up with new fun ways to keep us entertained. And so like, I'll give you a few examples. Like we used to go to Einstein's bagels. (laughs) And one of the things that he would do for us is he would grab those coffee sleeves. And I found out later from an episode on my, my podcast, AJ Jacobs, those are called zarfs. I think they're called zarfs, but he would give us those zarfs and put it on our wrists because our wrists were super teeny. And he would tell us that they had superpowers and we would play with the coffee sleeves. Or my dad owned a restaurant when we were growing up. And if you don't know this about restaurants, usually when you have soda, they, it comes in, the syrup comes in these massive, really indestructible bags. And so instead of throwing those bags away, my dad cleaned them out and he brought them home and we used them as toys for punching bags. We would draw faces on them. Uh, another example is, this is a kind of a funny one, but for uh, like underwear bands, like <laughs> like before, instead of throwing away like used underwear, he would take the elastic bands and we, cre- we made slingshots out of them. And so those were some of my fond, fond memories growing up of playing with all these really fun toys that my dad always had a fun way of creating something. But the lesson that I kind of took from that and observed from him was his ability to think high level and deep construct what something really is. Like you may look at a restaurant soda bag and for one person it's garbage, but for him it was another toy. Same thing with the underband, underwear bands or the coffee sleeves. The coffee sleeves gave us superpower. And as I thought about this and was reflecting on this, this is actually something I learned at Superhuman Academy, which was the company I was running the marketing for for several years uh, before I went off on my own. But there's this specific thing called the alternative uses test. And I looked this up. It was designed by this guy named JP Guilford in 1967. And basically what this alternative uses test has you do is you think you took, you, you take an object like a, a brick or a shoe or a paperclip and you try to think of all the different ways that it could actually be used or the other ways that it, it may be existing. So like it could be something as creative as like 
uh, a paperclip could be part of a jungle gym for a mouse. You know, it's like thinking outside of the traditional concept of what a paperclip could be. So the takeaway that I got from my dad and seeing all those toys that he came up with and those creative ways that he played with us is when you're solving problems, look at the component parts and how you could potentially leverage something in a way that isn't traditionally used for. So this could be for physical problems, like solving a broken object around your house. My dad's really good at figuring out ways to fix things. And, or it could be for your business. Look at the resources as separate components instead of what it's traditionally used for. And maybe the solution in that lies in just rearranging how it is actually perceived. So that was lesson number one, solve problems by deconstructing available resources. Lesson number two is the worst thing they can say is no. So it's funny, I'm gonna have to tell a story that's not about my dad, but I'm 99% sure it's where my dad got it from. And so I'm gonna tell you a story about my great, great grandma, Bok Bok. <laughs> so uh, my dad is the, the, the Chinese side of the family. And so my great, great grandma, Bok Bok, she was like 85 or 90 years old. And uh, one year, we went to the state fair. My brother and I, I was probably like 13 or 14 years old, maybe even younger than that. It was me, my brother, and Bok Bok. And if you can imagine this old Chinese lady in a wheelchair, I'm pushing her around as a 12 year old. And I got my, my younger brother who's three years younger than me. So he would be like nine at the time. We're walking around the state fair in the carnival section where you can play all those games and stuff like that. And Bok Bok stops and she wants to play. <laughs> she wants to play the game. I don't know if you can imagine this. Like, you know, those laundry buckets um, they're kind of like a pinned up to the wall and you have to throw like a wiffle ball inside of one of those buckets and get it to stay inside without it bouncing out. And obviously the way all these carny games work is it's kind of hard to do because like the distance that you're throwing it makes it hard because the wiffle ball bounces off the back of the bucket and it just pops right out and then you lose. But uh, Bok Bok walks up to the carny. So imagine again, this like 90 year old lady, Chinese lady in a wheelchair. And, <laughs> and she, <laughs> the first thing she says is like, how much, <laughs> how much for the game? <laughs> and of course she tries to barter for, for making it cheaper. I don't remember if she actually did that, but not only did she try bartering, she, she goes up to the carny and she, she asked to go closer than the traditional throwing line. So the carny's like, whatever, this 85 year old lady. So she goes up earlier. And then on top of that, she barters for how many throws she gets, you know? So normally it's like, whatever, five bucks for three throws. I don't know what it was, but she, she wanted extra throws. So, so here this Chinese lady comes in, she wants a better price. She wants to get closer and she wants extra throws and she gets away with all of it because it's Bok Bok. <laughs> and so she does this and she tosses the wiffle ball inside of the bucket and it stays. And so she wins and she gets the opportunity to choose, uh, you know, the stuffed animals that are there. And so it's because she won, she gets to choose from all the biggest prizes, right? And so of all the cute little hippos and Looney Tunes characters and, you know, whatever the heck else is up there, she chooses this gigantic elf doll, A-L-F. <laughs> and I will explain what this is, but elf is like a furry alien. If you don't know what elf is, I, it came from a TV show. I looked it up. It was from 1986 to 1990. So it was even before I was born. Some other older millennials might realize that, or if you're, if you're uh, not a millennial, you might even know, know that as well, but I never watched it, but like, it's this ugly, for those that don't know, it's this ugly furry alien. And she could have chose all this cute stuff, but she chooses this ugly furly, fur, <laughs> furry alien. And so for 
the rest of the day, we had to cart around this 85-year-old, 90-year-old grandma, Chinese lady in a wheelchair with this furry stuffed alien that was about the same size as her, <laughs> which is kind of hilarious. But uh, I know that wasn't a story about my dad, but it's absolutely where my dad got it from uh, because maybe my grandpa was like that. But like my dad growing up was never afraid to ask for things that he wanted. And I think that that is such a simple and profound thing that you can learn at an early age is that I, my dad modeled that to me is that he was never afraid to ask for things because the worst thing in his mind that they could say is no. And so if he could get over that fact, um, then it makes it a lot easier to actually do this. So the question and the takeaway for you is, is what have you been holding back on that you were afraid to do? And if you actually take the time, instead of just going through the danger loop over and over in your head of like, oh, this would be terrible, maybe sit down with a pen and paper and think about what the worst case scenario is. Very often it's that you would get rejected or they don't respond or, you know, something that you're thinking about doing just doesn't go well. But very likely, very, it's very unlikely that it's going to boil down as the worst case scenario that is actually going to happen. And actually, if you want to explore this a little bit more, you can listen to the episode I did with Mo Gaudat, uh, the former chief business officer of Google. Google X, he talks about this concept called the interrogation. If you want a, a thought, a useful thought exercise on this, but I think just that simple takeaway of what I shared with what my dad taught me is just take the time to really think about and get over the fact that maybe you just get rejected. And if you can get better and better about thinking about that being the worst case scenario, it's a lot easier for you to actually take action and move forward powerfully. Moving on to lesson number three, which is always play with people that are better than you. So there's this really cute picture. Maybe I'll make this the picture of the episode here, but um, I grew up playing pool, billiards. Um, and there's this cute picture of like me kind of like in one of those baby strap things. I was maybe just a few years old and uh, my dad's playing pool and I'm strapped to his back while he's playing and I'm kind of holding a pool ball like enamored with the fact that I'm, I'm watching him play pool. And so growing up, my dad always taught me that as I played pool, the best thing you can do is actually play with people that are better than you. And one of the number one questions that I get when I give presentations, and typically I'll share like a story about how a mentor taught me to connect with high level people starting at age 16. And I've been blessed to continue using that skill set with my podcast and have met some pretty cool people. And usually I'll get some form of question. This relates to the previous one. The previous uh, takeaway was this is actually one I got the other day and I copied and pasted it here. Somebody asked me, my biggest problem when contacting people I admire is lack of confidence. I feel too small next to these people. This is something I'm actively working on, but I'd love to hear your insights on this. So it goes back to one way I could answer that is by pointing to point, uh, point number three about the worst thing they can say is no. But the other thing is related to this topic is always play with people that are better than you. It's like you should be losing. If you're winning a game all the time, it means you're not challenging yourself. So, you know, you could also, the takeaway here is you could also reframe what losing really means. Did you really lose if it gave you an opportunity to improve the next time you're playing? So, Look at the people that you're spending the most time with or the, the circles that you spend time in. Are they playing bigger than you and challenging you? Um, and maybe it's not like a win-lose scenario, but I think the concept that my dad taught me back to playing pool is always play with people and surround yourself with people that are playing at higher levels with, with you because that's where the best wisdom and the best knowledge is gained. So that was takeaway number three, always play with people that are better than you. Takeaway number four from my dad is focus on mastering first principle skill set. So one of the things that I remember about my dad growing up was that he did some public speaking. And I remember seeing him on stage and being so excited and proud that my dad was a speaker. And he was always studying how to communicate more effectively and teach 
frameworks and concepts sim simply. And so this is kind of a simple takeaway, but I'll tie it to something that I, I saw a while ago about first principle skills. So there's this concept that comes from physics, I think. And it's basically like when, when, and I could get this completely wrong, but it's basically when you are solving a problem, look at the the first principle components of the problem. So what are the things that you know are true? And then how can you reason up from those things that you know are true rather than looking at other people's thinking or other knowledge that's out there and then solving from there because you're not gonna get as far as if, or not, you're not gonna solve the problem as effectively as if you boil it down to the very core foundational first principle skill sets. And so seeing my dad do public speaking and study communication and 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 how to teach concepts more effectively that i believe is a fundamental first principle skill set so in today's world that is so noisy with all these tactical things i think it is a great practice to think about studying the first principle skill sets that once you are have a core basis on those adding on the tactics actually helps create multiplicative opportunities. So that was lesson number four, focus on mastering first principle skill sets. Lesson number five is don't take life too seriously. It's okay to make fun of yourself. So uh, my dad's a goof. I love him to death. And he grew up speaking English, but in his household, Thai Chinese was a language that he learned from my grandparents. And if I remember correctly, uh, they, they pluralize a little bit differently than we do in English. And so my dad will often make like some small grammatical mistakes or whatever it may be. Um, and he's quick to re recognize when he's messed up and laugh about it. And I think that's been a really cool thing to see my entire life is that he's always quick to make fun of himself or, you know, laugh about it and not take things too seriously. And I think that in today's day and age, when we're so concerned about what other people think about us and our image you know, learning that lesson of not taking yourself too seriously from my dad is something that was super valuable. And I think it would be beneficial for you to think about as well. Lesson number six is learn a variety of unrelated skill sets to improve your capability to look at things from multiple perspective. Zzz, perspective. Zzz. <laughs> so my mom tells this story about when she met my dad, he was always listening to self-improvement CDs and cassettes uh, that, that, and she thought that that was really unique that he was doing that. And one of the things I've always admired about my dad is he can go really deep on specific topics. I mentioned before about communication. So like he'll, he'll always be learning or studying something. And as a kid, he would give me these little challenges to try to figure out or learn different things. So, um, I can solve the Rubik's cube now pretty quickly because my dad gave me a challenge once that, uh, if I learned how to solve the Rubik's cube, he would, he would let me get a bionicle, which was like one of those little Lego toys. <laughs> that was one challenge he gave me. Another one was juggling. He challenged me to learn how to juggle. And that's another skill set that's been kind of fun to have. Uh, also, magic tricks. My dad had this favorite book that he read growing up that he shared with us. It was called Sneaky Feats. Um, and, you know, it, it basically, F-E-A-T-S, not F-E-E-T-S. <laughs> but basically, it was like this book of all these crazy little feats that you could pull off. As an example, the first one that comes to my mind is like how to cut a banana without taking the peel off. Um, and if you're interested in how you do that, you basically take like a banana that's slightly aged. So it's got those little brown spots. And then you take a sewing needle and you basically put the sewing needle through those brown spots. And then you kind of go underneath the skin and then poke it out on another brown spot. And then you do that all the way around the banana. And then once you've threaded it through, you can pull the thread through and it cuts the banana 
peel the, the banana inside without actually taking the peel off. So it was like that kind of stuff that my dad was always showing us those, those things. And so I think over time of my dad challenging me of all these different things, I realized that learning multiple things at once gives you an incredible ability to look at things from multiple perspectives. And especially going back to pool earlier on learning that skill set really helped me because being a pool player has impacted me in whenever I'm learning a new skill set, specifically in sports, I can kind of translate it from what I learned from pool. So the takeaway for you here is what is something that you can learn that will enhance the way that you're approaching your work? And typically I found that the best payoffs for me have been from doing things that are completely unrelated. So uh, like I mentioned earlier with Ruby's Cube juggling magic tricks, you know, that, that kind of stuff. But uh, a more recent one is my wife and I took improv classes and that was a blast. And we also have it on our bucket list soon to take ice skating classes. And like, I think that when you challenge yourself to learn about different things, it gives you a fresh new perspective to be a beginner. And then you can take that beginner's mindset into applying it to what you're focused on inside of your growth and your business today. The seventh and final lesson that I learned from my dad is that one of the biggest keys to productivity is actually sequencing. So I told the story to my dad the other day. He's like, I don't even remember ever showing this to you. But basically when I was a kid, I remember very specifically being in the kitchen once and uh, he had he needed to fill a pan up for something that he was doing. And he also had some other things that he needed to do. So he taught me, he's like, hey, if I put this faucet all the way on full, it would overflow the pan as I went to go and do this other thing. Whereas if I put it to drip, I can let the pan fill and go do the other thing and come back to having it full, but not overflowing. And so the takeaway that, that was, that my dad was showing me there is essentially like the order that you do things is very important and the timing of things as well. The other context about my dad, as I mentioned a little bit before about the soda bags, but he grew up in restaurants when he was nine years old, his grandparents or my grandparents, his parents opened a restaurant. So he grew up in a restaurant. And when, as you know, as a cook, timing is absolutely everything. And he tells the story about he hired a new cook and he had a customer of his complain once that his dish was too salty. And it was a Chinese restaurant. If I didn't give that context, text before. And he was like, that's really weird because I watched him and I didn't see him adding extra salt or anything or doing it differently. But then he realized and looked closer and saw that the, the new cook was turning on the heat for the walk too soon, which caused, and, and the, 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 the appliance that we're using made it heat up really, really fast. And so he was turning it on too soon, which reduced some of the ingredients too much and made it saltier. And so just kind of a crazy, another insight about like the timing of things is very, very important. And so the takeaway that I've applied throughout my entire life is that, like I said, the order that you do things is important. And so whenever I, on a biweekly basis, I go back through my to do list and make sure that I am doing things in the right order. And I'm, I'm not only completing the highest priority things, but I'm doing them in the, just like the faucet. It's like, I want, I might need to turn a little drip on something before I focus on something else. And so I would encourage you to think about that in your daily life is like, are you sequencing things effectively? So that is the seventh and final lesson that I learned from my dad that I'm really grateful for. So in summary, just to kind of recap the things that we talked about today, one solve problems by deconstructing your available resources 
resources. So look at the component parts of what's going on, whether it's a physical problem, like you're fixing something or uh, a problem that's more creative in your business. Look at the different components of what's there, like deconstruct it. And then maybe the solution lies in reconstructing it a different way or looking at something in a way that it may, may not be traditionally used. Takeaway number two was the worst thing they can say is no, which was a dual lesson coming courtesy of Bok Bok <laughs> and my dad. And basically just think about and journal for a second about the thing that you are most afraid of doing. And chances are the worst case scenario is most likely not going to happen. If you can just get over that, it will help you to gain massive momentum and move forward in a way that is powerful for you and overcome some of those roadblocks that may be holding you back. Takeaway number three was always play with people that are better than you and you can often reframe what losing really means. Are you really losing or are you using it as an opportunity to improve for the next time? So always look at the people that you're surrounding yourself with and I'm just really grateful that uh, I, I found some ways to have a podcast to learn from people that are playing at way bigger levels than I am right now, uh, which is really, really cool to learn from. Uh, number four, focus on mastering first principle skill sets. That Remember that story about my dad being a public speaker. Communication is such a first principle skill. So what are those first principle skill sets that you wanna master, whether it's writing, uh, uh, communicating like via public speaking, um, like critical thinking skills or like those kinds of things are all super valuable if you focus on the first principle skill sets and then apply the tactics on top of it. Takeaway number five was don't take life too seriously. It's okay to make fun of yourself. And I uh, don't really have anything else to add to that one. Besides that was just <laughs> what we talked about there. Lesson number six was learn a variety of unrelated skill sets to improve your capability and look at things from multiple perspectives. So the takeaway for there is what is something that you can learn that will enhance the way you're approaching your work. I would highly encourage as just a, a thing is just go right now, pause this and Google improv classes near me or something like that. Go take an improv class because that was a ton of fun, both for bonding with my wife and I and also learning some new people in the community and meeting some new people in the community. But it's also a skill set that helps you to be, be a beginner and not take yourself so seriously like the previous step. And uh, so that's a, a challenge I'll give you is go take an improv class and just a shout out to comedy sports, which is where we took ours. So uh, if you have a comedy sports near you, see if you can do that because we had a great experience. And then the last lesson, is that one of the biggest keys to productivity is actually sequencing. So look at your to-do list on a weekly basis or a bi-weekly basis and make sure that you're completing the highest priority things also in the right order. So that is everything that I have for you today. Dad, I know you're listening right now. Again, thank you so much for the incredible impact that you made in my life by sharing me these lessons, whether it was intentional or not, it has made a massive impact in my life. I love you very much. And uh, hopefully this was valuable for you listening as you've learned some, a little bit more about me, a little bit more about my family and my dad and uh, some, some things for you to implement as you go about the rest of your week and uh, maybe even beyond that. So I appreciate you so much for listening and we'll talk to you soon.